the Weekly Fantasy Roundup, hosted by Andrew Skinner and Joel Bryant. Welcome back to another fun, exciting episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Skinner, joined by my BFF co-host, Mr. Joel Bryant. What's going on, friend? Nothing. Nothing's going on? Nothing. No? Okay. Nothing's going on. Just a nothing week for my BFF. Had a little beer last night for the first time in like five months. Oh, yeah. You've been talking in the past about how you've been uh, off the piss. Yeah. How was it? Did it hit you like 10 times harder because it's been so long? No, I didn't really, you know, feel like a bag of shit last night, but I definitely don't feel very good today. What was the uh, occasion? Event? Concert? Friend in town? Nikki's sister was over. I'll do it. You're hoping to get the old three-way OnlyFans on the go so you got on the booze. Not exactly. Are you a little hungover today, friend? Small bit. I've basically been in bed like all day, so I'm feeling like now I could do something, but earlier all I could do was get up and eat some McDonald's. Ah, the old the ultimate hangover cure. The old bacon and egg McMuffins. I got stung by a hornet today for the first time in fucking 25 years. Very upset. Did you? I did. The lady downstairs informed us that there, quote, may be a hornet's nest under our patio. We go have a look. So I went to move our luggage out to the patio. Sure enough, as I was coming down the stairs, they fucking started buzzing. And one of those little shits got me right on the back of the shin. I got anyway, a nest underneath my front step I got to deal with. So I, I got stung like a week and a half ago. It, listen, man, this isn't a fucking, this is not a nest. This is the goddamn hive that they got fucking underground in Resident Evil, man. This thing is massive. Like, I'm, you know, I was like, fuck it. I'll go out with the hose. I'll spray the thing off. I'll run like shit and it'll be over. No, this thing is massive. We need fucking SWAT team to take care of this. Yeah, we hung up two of those, those kind of bag traps. Yeah, the, yeah. Out yeah. Front. Nikki, yeah. Nikki figured there was at least a thousand in the two bags, and they're still fucking coming in and out under the step. Like, oh, those are geez. traps. I always yeah. thought that people put those up because they like simulate that there's already a, a nest there. Because if if the hornets see that there's a nest there, they won't make one there. There's ones like that, but then there's ones that are like a clear bag with a little plastic thing in the top, and those ones are actually traps. And you trapped a thousand. She figures there was at least 500 in each bag. Yeah. Cause Jesus. she went out after the first, she went out after the first day and counted and she said she lost track after like, so where do you put those 90. like up in your eaves? No, we just hung them in a tree in the front yard. Right. It says like 20 feet away from the nest or something like that. So, Oh, that's a good idea. So you put it around the nest and when they come out, they see it and they fly and they get yeah. stuck. Ah, yeah, exactly. Slowly, but surely you deplete the nest. So we filled two entire bags and didn't even put a dent in this fucking colony that's under oh, there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck we're dealing with. We're dealing with something, but I was like, I'm not fucking with this. My underground sprinkler's got to be dealt with from where I've done some work out front. And uh, the guy stopped by and looked at him the other day and he poked around the corner there and like 80 wasps came out. And he's like, you're going to have to deal with that before yeah, we sorry, fucking. Pal. Yeah. Yeah. You fix this fucking death trap before I look at your sprinkler. So now I got one of those fucking spray cans that they foam right up. Okay. So we're going to says to do that at night. 
So like eleven tonight, I'll go out and fucking spray foam in place. See what you go. feel about that. Well, good thing, yeah. Good thing you're recording your podcast a little bit early today. See? Yeah. So when I get stung seventy three times and end up in the hospital tonight, it doesn't impact this. That's right. The quality of the program will still be intact because you would right? have done it before you got stung seventy three times. So I appreciate you taking the time to record before you did that. Although I think the version of you with 73 wasp stings would have been way funnier to record with. Oh, yeah. I and just hear your shut. face all swole out. It would have been the... the, the... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, maybe yeah, that'll yeah. be the case next week. I think I'd have to cancel at that point. Yeah, well, you know what? We are very low-budget slash no-budget podcast. Yes, with zero payment. I have. Yeah, so I'd that. be okay with letting you off the hook if you know your life was on the line. Mm, right. So, anyway, there's lots to discuss in MLB. Usually, our uh, little intro back and forth is just shooting shit, maybe dumping on each other. But there is major, major news to discuss in baseball this week. Is there? Yes. One Fernando Tatis Jr. Buster oh, for the right, old yeah. PEDs. Just uh, kind of a big deal. Just had to get that out. Sorry. Right? It's fucking baseball, man. I, I honestly, I don't think it's ever going to go away. It's much less prevalent now than it was in the Bonds, Maguire, Sosa era. But it ain't yeah. going away, man. You know? Well, it and seems I, like guys are thinking that it's okay to use certain things if they're using it to help them get better, not to yeah. like be better at baseball. You know what I mean? Like recover health wise. I don't, you know what, man, I don't know. Obviously like yourself, I don't know Tatis at all, but I think these are just fucking one elaborate excuse after another. Oh, oh like yeah. I took this medication for this thing I had like bull fucking shit, man. Bull goddamn shit. You tell me in 2022 that these guys don't know every fucking ingredient that's in everything they put in their bodies. These guys are fucking chiseled machines like real life Terminators worth gajillions of dollars. Tatis specifically signed a $340 million deal with the Padres. And this motherfucker. I would have respected him a lot more if he, if he came out and was like, listen, I've been battling injuries like crazy. Right. Somebody suggested something that would fucking help me recover and get in good shape. And I, I made a poor decision. Right. It was fucking I wish stupid. Fucking guys would just own it, man. Just yes. own it. These goddamn excuses. Oh, ringworm. There was one fighter that did ringworm. that. I think I forget who it was. I feel like maybe TJ Dillashaw when he got burnt, he came out and said something to do with his body image. He was taking fucking steroids, trying to just have a more fit body. He's like, it's dumb as fuck. It's stupid. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Like I respect that man. approach more than exactly than blaming it on man. somebody else and their supplement right? bullshit. Well, it's been pretty, it's been made pretty clear in the days that have passed since this came to light that his teammates and his coaches don't fucking buy his story. Clevenger just threw no. the guy right under the fucking bus. You know? Well, why would he fucking if you're gonna put out a cheesy chintzy story like that, why would you say that you're accepting it at the same time? Exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't that story be tied to like the idea that I'm going to appeal this? Uh, exactly. You come out with this elaborate story. Oh, I ringworm. I took X, Y, Z. I didn't know it was in there. And I'm going to fight this to the bitter end. Like, all right, yeah. Tatis, I'm on team Tatis. 
but to come back with the sob story and be like, but you know, it's I should have yeah been more informed. So I guess I'll sit out 80 games. Fuck it. That's probably gets paid. Gee, you, you don't get your salary during a PED suspension, do you? I I don't know. I if you do, saying. that's that's pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. Either way, this I would is assume that you don't. Look, Tatis, objectively speaking, besides like say Shohei Otani, dude's a face of baseball man. Him fucking mashing yeah. dinger after dinger with the swag. Him and Soto are probably like your new young faces of the game, right? Along right. Aaron Judge too, in that group, right? Well, dude, we had this conversation in just a couple weeks ago when we talked about Judge hit home, all the home runs. Yeah. We said, wouldn't it be super crushing for MLB if it came out that Judge was on PEDs? And here we are now, fucking Tatis on the Pids. It's fucking bullshit, man. These fucking overpaid fucking prima donnas are like, eh, must take steroids. Like, fuck off, man. Who cares if you yeah. hit 70 home runs or 45 home runs? You're still going to be a gajillion. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. If you're an athlete, you got to know literally everything you're putting in your body. Like, you got to know where the water comes from. Yeah. And, and these guys know that. They're not stupid. No. So accidents, stupid. I don't believe that accidents happen very much. Like Even if they are stupid, one. even if they are stupid, they're surrounded by fucking geniuses. These teams yeah. got fucking PR teams. Then they got PR teams for their PR teams, man. You know, there's guys watching every angle of every single thing these guys do. Somebody made an interesting point on that podcast. Actually, that podcast buzz shared yesterday. I don't know the name of it. And they were talking about this player. I want to say Cano, Robinson Cano, got busted for PEDs twice. Right. And right at the end of his career, they brought him in San Diego. And apparently he had like a 10-game overlap with Tatis in San Diego. Somebody saying pretty coincidental. Well, Cano and Tatis playing same team for a handful of games. He's like, hey, kid, they'll never catch you with this. Interesting. Yeah. Pro- th- probably a bit far-fetched, but Yeah, they're just people looking to draw parallels, right? So, yeah. Let's see. 2022 San Diego Padres. Robinson Cano played baseball this year? Yeah, he did. 12 games. 12 mm-hmm. games. Coincidence? Eh, maybe. Well, Tatis wasn't there for 12 games this year. He's played zero games. Yes, I know. But in the same locker room, surely Tatis has been in the building. I would think that's a pretty big coincidence. Yeah, it could be. could be a bit of a reach, but it's at least worth noting. If Robinson Cano was like the known steroid peddler everywhere he went, you'd have fucking young guys pissing dirty left, right, and center. Like If he had that much influence on people, it wouldn't. I can't see Tatis going down because he spent two weeks around Cano eight months ago. That's right. Cano season, Jesus, this is his age 39 season. 12 games with the Mets, 12 games with the Padres, nine games with the Braves. Jesus Christ. What's he just going to take, fucking take him where he can else? get him? Right. Wow, 17 years long career. Wow. So, anyway, they mentioned that on that podcast history. I thought that was unique, but. Sucks, man. You just hate to see it. You hate to see when any player gets busted for PEDs, but the fucking face of the league, god damn it. And then after I didn't hate to see it at all. Well, of course. Colin has them. Colin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only does Colin have them, 
Colin kept him in his final yeah. year of keeper eligibility. Didn't get anything <laughs> out of him. And then he and, has, and then I got to see his little meltdown in the group chat about it. That was, I had, that was worth it right there too. Like that was funny, yeah. And then of course Tatis does this to him like the day after our deadline, right? Like Twenty four oh. hours after our deadline. <laughs> what a kick in the fucking balls! So a very tough look for Tatis. Guys, been nursing a wrist injury. We've been talking about him all year. Basically, had his hand and wrist rebuilt and rehabbing back. Get ready to come back. He was like one to two weeks away from coming back. Boom. Yeah. 80 games. He must have destroyed his wrist because I've broken my wrist a couple times. And I mean, you're back to beating off after six weeks. Good, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you break both at once. There you go. Yeah, public service announcement, guys. For anyone out there that's broken your hand, you can resume masturbation in just six weeks. Yeah. And if you really want to make it really interesting, cut half your hand off. The rehab after that, you want to talk about doing the stranger. We'll try it with a surgically rebuilt hand. <laughs> Redefines what a stranger is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> tough look, uh, tough look for MLB and Tatis, man. Uh, this is not what baseball needs, to be honest. This is a huge blow to baseball. Huge blow to the Padres, man. Padres just fucking spent picks and dollars to bring in Soto. They're fucking all in on a World Series, man. Soto, they brought in Soto, Machado. They brought in fucking pitchers. Like, these guys have been loading up, and the face of their team and the fucking league as a whole just went down for PEDs, man. Not a good look. Where's Tatis going to sit with his teammates when he comes back, you know, a third of the way in the next season? He's going to be shot. I don't think it's so bad for baseball, like – Baseball is going to need an entire generation to recover from this anyways. I think when something comes up like this now, it's just nobody's moved past the last 15, 20 years. But it's been a so generation. So they, they look at it and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. There's always I mean, it's been someone. a generation. Quite literally, Fernando Tatis Sr. played in the same era yeah. as Bonds, McGuire, Sosa. So it's been a generation. But it hasn't been a generation since, since guys like A-Rod were running around. Right. Right, yeah. That's tough, man. Anyway, friends, let's move on to talk about what went down this week, week 17 in seventh inning stretch. Seventh inning stretch. I took a bit of a different approach this week, stole a little page out of uh, the biweekly stats book of Aaron Bishop, biweekly vlog that he does. Used to say it was weekly. Apparently, it's bi-weekly. You should just call it monthly. Then nobody would be up his ass about it. People like you would right? shut up. Not only would people not be up his ass, but if he called it monthly and put in fucking three episodes a month, people would be like, holy fuck, this guy's yeah. churning Way ahead. Instead, he's like, hey, guys, last episode, he was like, the weekly vlog, just like, yeah, fucking, it ain't weekly. Can anyway, you fucking blame him? He's got to drink a 60 of vodka every time he does one of those things. I mean, I'm on the Tim Hortons team when we record, but not old Bishop. Every time he says the word home run, he got to fucking do a shot. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> Bishop, okay, I know you're listening. You don't and I'm have, the one with the liver problem. Right? You don't have to get hammered every time you record a vlog. Anyway, what I was saying was that I took a page out of his book, and I took the time this week to record who had the highest number in each category. 
Spence made a point of uh, bringing up in the group chat maybe last week. We kind of shit on his team. He was like, oh, I led the league and this, that, and the other thing. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start giving people credit where credit's due. So I made the time to record who finished at the highest of each category this week. Oh, good for you. Yeah, thanks. Might help add to the product as a whole. That's that's why uh, research and development is your department. When uh, we sat down and literally pushed the record button, your matchup with Jeff was six to six. Now Am it's I losing now? No, you're winning seven to five. Yeah, it's super tight. It's it's, been it's tight. batting average. Batting average is going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Well, we're tied in a couple other things too. One of them's home runs. But we got this little interesting Sunday set going where I have Devers and Martinez, and he has Aaron Judge and Bogart. Yeah, so, so this could swing. Devers and Martinez have both been hot diggity dog shit for quite a while, so I'm not really liking that matchup, but he could. It's been so tight all along that that game that's on right now is going to have a big influence in our matchup one way or another. I know Devers was on the uh... – the negative taco radar last week, but this week, fuck, he worse. What's he got yeah. this week? A single and a double and two walks. He's fuck. been fucking trash. Trash. Jesus. He's hitting, he's hitting like 192 over the last month or so. So it's not even like a this week, last week type thing. Not good. And that's my problem in general. I got a lot of underachieving bats. Ty France this last week, two for 25, a cool point eighty. Yeah. Yeah, a batting average, rather. The Shed hit a couple dingers this week, but he's still been really not that great. Same with Acuna. Robert J.D. Martinez is fucking is, hurt again. J.D. God. Martinez is one for this week. A single hit. He's not, one? though. Oh, he I'm had sorry. a week. He had a day where he went three for four on my bench. Right. I fucking finally benched him. You're like, he, fuck this guy. And, of course, three yeah. for four. With two RBI. That's, man, I'm telling you, that's always the fucking way. You got one of your studs, like the old adage in football is always start your studs. But baseball, like a guy's in a cooler, you're like, you know what? I'm going to just sit him today. He hasn't been great. Just maybe let that 0 for 4 be on my bench for a day. What does he do? 3 for 4, 2 RBI. It's always the way, man. What's funny is that I've, I've flipped batting average, and I did it by, I took the lead by Devers going 0 for 1. So that must mean Jeff's guys have both gone over one and Martinez hasn't had an at bat yet. So I've only flipped, I've only taken batting average based on the idea that Martinez right. is zero for zero. That's right. Bogarts had a uh, sack fly 0 for one with an RBI and Aaron Judge 0 for one. Martinez has yet to bat and Devers. I was up on Jeff 10 to two last night and we nine to two. And when yes. I looked at it, I was like, this is. Probably not going to hold because everything was so close. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't close. Pitching. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, let's uh, start off with the category leaders for the week. You're a 254 ERA and 0.93 week, or sorry, 0.93 whip. Best of the week. Way to go, friend. Nerd, nerd. Bop, bop. Tops in the whole league by very slim margin. We'll get to Buzz's matchup. The buzz is ERA of the week, 255. So you got him by 0.01. But in any event, top ERA whip of the week. Way to go. Well, that's what you got to do when your entire batting lineup is hitting well below where they should every single week. Ooh, Shane Bieber, have a fucking week. Hello. Yeah. 
would definitely be nominated in the old three up, three down format to start week. 14 innings pitched, two wins, 14 Ks, 129 ERA, 0.93 whip, and two quality starts. Well, at least one part of what I gave up Alcantara for is producing. That's right. Because Devers is not. Joe Musgrove, back to doing Joe Musgrove things this week. Robbie Ray looked good. Verlander, a little high for Verlander, but still quality start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good week. Well, not only very good week, the best week, the best pitching week. So, well done, friend. Thank you. You can say it another couple times if you want. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I did not keep track of who had the worst numbers in each category, but I got to think 503 ERA and a 127 whip probably at the bottom. Not yeah, and we're in a dogfight on uh, total bases at 85 and 91. I, I didn't break 30 in either runs or RBI, but my 28 RBI is good. So, yep. yeah, I think both of us probably want this to be done with. Oh, hold on. For the first time ever on the Weekly Fantasy Roundup, I'd say something we've that's never been uttered on the show. Jose Barrios got fucking blown up this week. What the fuck? No. Are you kidding me? No. He's back to doing it regularly now. He's getting fucking destroyed every time he hits the hill. His ERA on the season is 561. Oh, my God. I have him in the other pool, and I'm legitimately considering tossing him. Like just waivers. Whip! Oh my god, man! I'm starting to believe there's no hope for recovery this season. Like he had a tiny little stretch where he was okay, but yep, from fuck, July, he's horrible now. From July the first, basically the whole month of July, he was fucking gangbusters. Four quality starts. Worst start was 4.76 ERA, which is not going to sink your week by any means. No. If, uh, yeah, wow, but oh my god Jeff needs him Jeff needs him way more than I need him In that other That's pool Because right. I, I have fucking DeGrom, yeah. McClanahan, Dude. Woodruff, Musgrove Yeah Ooh, your boy J.D. Martinez just got you hit Your average is up to 247 Oh Five my god, he hit Jeff. He hit a baseball? He got a single, 2 for 14 this week At least in your starting line I was thinking lineup. for sure I was going to go 0 for 8 so, but this got a endeavors. lot of room to move. Tyon is on the hill for the Yankees. So he's been known to implode from time to time. I actually benched him. Perfect. In Bishop's pool. Not that I need him this week. I'm fucking one digger away from the first 13 nothing of the season. Come on, let's go. But anyway, uh, Tyon's been known to implode. So there's definitely dinger potential there for Bogarts. And you know what? For JD and uh, Devers too. So. Your match yep. is seven to five now, but I like to cycle back maybe towards the end of the recording to see where it stands. So, but as of now, well, he has Aaron Judge playing. That's a fucking dinger potential every single every time he bet. steps up to the plate. You'd actually be lucky if he didn't hit a dinger at this point, <laughs> right? Because the odds, huge. I think, favor him just hitting it over the wall. Only three this week, and they were all solo shots somehow. Mm, so he's having a down week. Yeah, down week. Yep, it's rough. Uh, in any event, as it stands now, if this holds seven to five, you will improve to 111, 92, and 18. And Jeff will fall to 115, 84, and 22. So I don't think with a close win like this, I don't know if it'll be enough for any movement unless whoever's in I don't the think so. Took a I dive. think standings will stay the same. 
Because we got Colin in third, and I think his was a close week too. Yes, it was. It was a close week against me. A fucking bug. Barely narrowly edged myself seven to five. That's a right shame. in there, I'll be. Yeah, it is a shame. Speaking of good pitching, it wasn't as good as yours, but I had a 282 ERA and a 104 whip. Not so bad. Nothing wrong with that. Also had a 288 batting average, good for second in the league this week. Other than that, my bats didn't do much, but as we brought up every week, I'm a seller, so tis what it is. But I did keep pace with Colin. Only a few stole or a few total bases behind, one walk behind. Yeah. So uh I I like that I held close with Colin this week. Colin actually was up uh eight to four, I think, today, or maybe even nine to three. And then he started all Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman. Got the old Trevor Bauer butthole blasting and gave me ERA whip. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. I'm over here like strategically trying to figure out if I'm going to play Garrett Whitlock. Like, oh, do I want to risk ERA whip? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I just, I want to be as much of a spoiler as possible. So I've kept it close with two of the top three teams in the last couple of weeks which is noteworthy. How about old Brady Singer? Do I have a potential keeper on my hands there? Brady Singer? Maybe. Maybe. Over. Let's see. What's the note on Brady Singer? Uh, blah, 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 blah. He has been one of the AL's best starters over the last month and a half. In his last seven outings, he's allowed a total of 10 earned runs over 45 or third innings, going six innings every time. Most impressively, the last two best outings, and putting his the top two offenses in baseball, the Yankees and the Dodgers. How about that? Also, I know that you're not one to applaud my moves at all. You downplay everything I do, which is fine. But props one time for getting the old sneaky Joel and picking up Tyler Glass now. Props one time. Come on. I actually looked at that. I considered doing that too, but I didn't think you'd have enough of an impact for me this year. If oh, I'm, I don't know if he'll have any so, impact, but when we do get to trades, yeah, I moved keepers. out a couple of keepers. So, right. So I was like, that was kind of part of my plan. I was like, if I pull this out for dinner, I need to go get a piece. So I just fucking grabbed him. If he comes back in like September has two good starts, maybe I'll lock him in. Who knows? I'm at the point with my dollars. I'm even okay with burning a couple keepers on two shit dudes immediately turf from the waivers after the draft. I don't give a fuck. So I got the bucks. Oh, uh, yeah. You're I love spending old wolf on Wall Street just fucking raining the dollar bills, eh? <laughs> That'll be me. Spencer's like, oh, I'm going to laugh in the draft and you can't spend all your dollars. I'm like, buddy, they're getting spent. <laughs> I don't care if I have to bid fucking $200 on Juan Solo in the draft. Those dollars are not leaving that draft room. I tell you that. I'm going to fucking cry laughing if you finish with dollars now after. After this, well, I mean, no, okay, let's keep it realistic. If I finish with like, I don't know, you just said they're getting spent. Okay, well, there's a buffer of like 10 bucks. If I finish more than ten dollars, no, I will take no all buffer. The chirping. You said okay. they're getting spent, yeah, fair enough. They better get spent anyway. Yeah, I big weeks at a Brady Singer, a two star week, 0.68 ERA, 0.68 whip, two quality starts, not so fucking bad, two wins as well. Uh, yeah, Alexis Diaz, he tried to pry out of me, just uh, keeps fucking doing things. Not quite as good as uh, 
older brother, but still pretty good. All yep. my fucking closers had a week. I mean, I like I like the lineup I got going here. So. I'm very confused about the idea that I'm seeing saves and holds five. I know. And a tie. I know. Not characteristic. In fact, my saves plus holds five was not the high mark of the week. Maybe the first time all year. Turns out that people do, in fact, take saves plus holds from Andrew Skinner. The fucking bug ties them. Yep. Not good. But it is worth noting that I, of all the pieces I've sold, I have sold some of my higher profile saves plus holds pitchers as well. So that is yep. clearly my prime focus. Whatever. Anyway, I'm still, you know what, man? Like I said, every week, I'm a broken record, but my season's over. But I like that I'm hanging with the big boys over the past couple of weeks, despite being a seller. Well, we've looked at uh, mine, Jeff's, and Colin's team, and none of us have broken 100 total bases this week. Yeah, so just a down week all around, at least for the big guns. I would hope so, because Colin's 23 RBI. That's not very scintillating either. I don't think anything. The only thing that could possibly sway here is if Garrett Whitlock gets me a save plus hold. Which is possible because nobody takes saves and holds from Andrew Skinner. That's what I'm hoping. In the event that he does indeed do that, Colin will win by a score of 7-6. But as it stands now, Colin is leading 7-5, to five, and should the score stand as is, Colin will improve to 113, 93, and 15, and I will fall to 72, 135, and 14. Very unfortunate. You know, what was not unfortunate. Mr. Glass, have we been underestimating the glasses? Wow. Wow. Butthole blasting of the Pimp Cowboys. It might be uh, might be time for Cam to drop the Pimp because ever since he put Pimp in his title, his team has barely beat me and now got blasted by the eighth-place glasses. Very good pitching week from Spencer, too. Holy fuck, look at that. We said last week that Spencer's pitching had a ceiling week. Here they went, did it again. 96 Ks over 77 innings. Good point. Thanks for bringing that up. That was the high mark of the week, as was his seven wins. Both high marks wow. of the week for pitching. Wow. Seven wins, 96 Ks, 257 ERA, very close to yours. 0.97 whip. Wow. Also very close to yours. Mm-hmm. Four quality starts, not bad. Three saves plus holes, not great. Then on the batting side, he had nine home runs. Good. 35 RBI, good. 34 runs, good. Four stall bases, not great. 17 walks, not great. 95 total bases, yeah, so-so. And two Again, games. nobody's breaking 100. But Cove Cowboys, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, this was a no-show week from his batting. I thought my fucking batting was tough this week. 211, 73 total bases. That is not good. This is two weeks in a row for the fucking Cowboys, is this, man. Really? Yeah. His batting last week. This week he batted 211. Last week was 254. A little better. 211 is disgusting. On a, on a whole week from all your bats combined. The first place team. Nasty. 
Yep. Are the Cowboys trending in the wrong direction? We don't know, but the pitching was bad and the fucking bats were bad. Not good. Only six home runs. My God. Reese Hoskins, 182. Semyon, 167. Bell, 125. Alvarez, 250. Nimmo, 0.91. Cronenworth, 238. Polanco, 143. Tyler O'Neill, 077. Yikes. Looks like the uh, Miles Michaelis experience experiment rather is over oh my good fucking god meltdown meltdown's not even the fucking word I do not have word to process the start that that man had oh my fucking god it was in Colorado yeah okay so he's got that going for was was he pitching did they did they count uh, a pitching at the home run derby as his stats for the week? Look at this. Michael has surrendered like... 10 runs over two and two-thirds innings. Michael has gave up a whopping 14 hits and struck out two. Believe it or not, this was his second time giving up 10 earned runs. It's wow. like they gave they gave Colorado a script for his pitching. Knuckleball, fastball. It was like they knew everything that was coming. Right? They beat the fucking point. trash cans over there. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Everybody got their even... phones on vibrate. <laughs> Speaking of phones on vibrate, you see that dude sliding in third base and his fucking cell phone comes flying out of his back pocket? No, I did not see that. It's one of the it came up as one of these memes in my news feed when it's not okay to bring your phone to work. It's like a minor league game, dude sliding in third head first. And as he slides in, his cell phone comes flying out of his back pocket. <laughs> wow. Maybe don't bring your phone to the game, or at the very least, don't have it in your ass pocket when you're batting. Anyway, yeah, uh Michaelis, oh my fucking god. Wow. Well, now he did bounce back with a quality start today against Milwaukee, so that's good. That man has had a couple disasters over the last little while. Been Looking at Spencer's pitching, trying to figure out how the fuck he came to these numbers this yeah, week. Yeah, where Blake, came from? Blake man. Snell, 18 strikeouts in 11 innings. Dude. .77 ERA. And we shit on him for Blake Snell all year. Is Blake Snell back? No, nah, he's got to never be back. That can't be a thing. Giolito got is kind of dog shit again. That's what a fucking cliff that guy's fallen off. Right. But it looks like he's getting most of those decent, real good, the high end numbers from uh, Snell, Wood, Wainwright. and Wainwright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Detmers was pretty good too. Yep. Giolito. Sweet Jesus Christ. He's right up there with fucking Barrios, man. He's not uh-huh. Brio's bad, but he's whatever level is next close to that. Well, Brio's ERA in the season is 561. This is 492. But Brio's whip is 137. His is 149. Wow. That's one and a half walks and hits per inning pitch. Oh, my God. That's supposed to be Spencer's ace. Yep. Giolito. That's the guy that you would expect to be able to roll out against anything. You can't fucking... I wonder how much you can trust them at this point, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. 
maybe relegated to spot starter role. Who knows? Well, I assure you as a burial owner, he is not getting into my lineup his next go around. No. He so had, if, uh, if the treatment's the same for Giolito, maybe he's going to be sitting on Spencer's bench too. He got two quality starts at Alex Wood, which is good mm-hmm. after he got blasted against the Dodgers last week. This is uh, – I'm willing to still say this is a ceiling week for Spence. I don't think his pitching is as good. And a floor week for Cap. Oh, yeah. This floor – no, this is basement week for Cap. Yeah. Jesus. So I'm not – it seems like every matchup this week, there's nothing that I'm really wanting to take out of it over the long term. You know, like what went on this week doesn't seem to be representative of anything. When I traded Jake DeGrom to Cam, you were quick to say that you're like, I thought this was the right move because you didn't know if. Yeah, you fucked up. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you did not get to say that now. You fucked up real bad. Oh, fuck you. Go back and listen to the episode when I traded him. You were all like, you know what, Skinner? I think this was the right move because who's to say when or if he's coming back? Maybe he gets re-hurt. But I told you putting him in Cam's lineup was a fucking problem. That you did say, but you also defended the trade saying, who knows what version we were getting when he came back. But looks like yeah, the version looks like the version of Jake DeGrom we're getting back is pristine fucking old school Jake DeGrom just dominating the fuck out of everyone. Yeah. My God. Already the man has done three starts. 16.2 innings pitched. 28 games. He's got three starts and he's already ranked 258. <laughs> like I got guys that are playing all season that are in the fucking 700s. Javi Baez is he's like 750. Mother of God, man. So look at those starts from the ground, Matt. 10 gorgeous. Ks, 12 Ks. Like, gorgeous, gorgeous. What a fucking machine. That I mean, is. obviously, if I held out of him, I could have got a King's ransom, but like I said, when I traded him, I didn't know. Well, I was kidding. And it wasn't all bad because one of the pieces I got from was Sterling Marte, who I then turned around and flipped for some bucks. So it is what it is. I knew that trading him prior to coming back could have bit me in the ass, but it could have benefited me as well. So I hope for the sake of myself and some other would-be competitors, he goes back to the hospital real soon. He's going to have an impact in Cam's lineup. Well, I am excited for him to go back to the draft next year because there's not a chance of goddamn hell that can't piece him for 225. And who's got all the bucks for next year? Well, they're going to go pretty quick because you've spent 200 on Soto and 225 <laughs> on DeGrom since this started. 300 bucks on two guys to be like, I told you I would spend my fucking money. Fuck you. <laughs> and I just got no team. Anyway, yeah, good for Jake DeGrom, man. That dude was out for a fucking long time, and he is right back. Did not miss a goddamn beat, man. Good for him. DeGrom is firmly back. Big boost Cam's team, but has not been so far. He was the only real bright spot in Cam's whole lineup this week. Just a huge week for Spencer. He needed this. Cam only had one better over 300 this week and multiple batters below 200. He had two guys below 100 this week. Yep. Fuck. Stinky week from the, the pimp Cowboys. Yep. This Maybe is, is. drop the pimp, Cam. We get it. You own Bishop. Okay, we get it. But uh, yeah. you're not owning your competition. So maybe drop Maybe just pimp. Maybe just make it Bishop exclusive. Yeah. You know, like the Cove 
the Bishop Pimp Cowboys. The Bishop. Speaking of Cam's bottom bitch, yes, transition to that matchup. Yes, we will. But before that, <laughs> with the ten to three win, the Glasses will prove to one oh four, one oh six, and eleven, and the Cowboys will fall to one twenty three eighty nine. And nine, one twenty three eighty nine. Will Cam still be in first? Ooh, I do Ooh. not know. I do well, not know. yeah, he will, because Jeff is not going to gain enough on him. Neither will Colin. No, they both have close wins or losses. You're right. Yeah, I can tell you who's not going to be in first this week. Going back to your segue a moment ago, the bottom bitches. No, sorry. The bottom bitches went on record this week to say, quote, I should have sold the deadline. Uh, bottom bitches got trimmed by the sideburns. This is eight to four. If you're Bishop, this is worst case scenario because you're looking worst at this and going, case well, scenario. at least Spencer was playing Cam. He won't get much out of that. Yeah. Oops. Ten to three. Ooh, well, yeah. You know, I mean, Mark's team's not that good. Yeah, he's playing old Timmy Dinner, but surely Mark's not going to roll over him. Oh, wait, Mark lost in his butthole 11 to 2. Yeah. This is worst case. case. Literally the worst week possible for Bishop. Not good. So Gary Nolan swept the batting categories, have them all, and none of them were close. And I mean, none of them. Gary won by eight runs, four home runs, 10 RBI. One stolen base, eight walks, 13 total bases, and 23 batting average points. Wow. And still, nobody's breaking 100 total bases. Somebody broke 100 total bases. I'm feeling better about my bats as this is going on this week. It's worth noting that Gary's 10 home runs were tied with the lead lead this week with Cameron, the bottom. That's not very impressive either. No, it's not. I mean, 10 home runs is good, but it's not impressive that it was the high mark of the week. So, Gary did not lead the league in any pitching categories. So, Bishop managed to squeeze out K's, got him by five. He did handily win uh, ERA wins and quality starts. Also noteworthy that Bishop's seven quality starts were the high mark of the week. So, what do you say about this? Not good, man. It's just think, all kinds of bad for Bishop. I wonder how far this is going to put him back because I it looks like Mark's going to step over top of him again. So Bishop yep. goes down to 10th. Down to 10th, a team that is $100 less. All I wouldn't have been season. selling if I was him. I get that that perspective may be viewed differently by other people, but I think he was already all in to the point you may as well go for it. If it doesn't work out, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But for it to collapse that quick, like to find yourself that far back, like fucking three days after the deadline, yeah, that would be shitty. I will applaud his pickups that he got from you, Chris Bassett. Couple two-star week. Ironically, Bassett and Gallon both had two-star weeks this week, and they were both fucking unbelievable this week. So that's nice, which is exactly I find that with, with most of my trades, the players that I give up get better. When I give them to somebody else, and the ones I take back get worse. Get worse or hurt. Or hurt, yeah. <laughs> uh, Arias so. didn't do much for power, but bat a cool 500 for him this week. Yeah, yes. he does that every week, that fucking guy. All he does is make contact with baseballs. He's a Stinger. stud. 
or Seeger rather, two dingers, four RBI, 346. Yep, so he got some good pieces back in that deal. Yep, that's right. Is there anything? Don't blame me. Swing here. No. <laughs> no, don't blame him. I don't know what, if anything, can change here. Does Gary have a pitcher going? Gary could possibly lose whip to Bishop. Then again, they both got a closer going. So Whip he has is the Schreiber fellow going. Schreiber versus going. Holmes. And Whip is currently decided by 0. 0.03. So that could potentially swing in Bishop's favor. But in any event, yeah. this is going to be a win and a decisive one for the Cyburns. As it stands now, Gary is going to win 8-4, to four, which will bring Gary all the way to 107-94. And 20. And the bottom bitch is going to fall to 95, 109, and 17. Like you said, likely 10th because one of the teams chasing him, devoid of consistency, 11 to 2 over old Timmy Dinner. Motherfuck. Tim Dinner's pitching. Was well, not the pristine mark it's been all week. No, sir. And his batting is ugh, 57 total bases. RBI. <laughs> yeah, Timmy's definitely in rebuild mode. 14 RBI. What the fuck? That's a good week for Aaron Judge. 13 walks, team. Hit 236. 13 runs. I mean, what the fuck? This is a goddamn little league team at this point. Yep. I hope I have a matchup left for them. I'd like to. Get a get beating that, in before the playoffs too. Improve my position luck. a bit. There you go. So, well, this is what Mark needed, man. As much as I want to see Bishop get rewarded for the ballsy moves he's made all season, I would fucking love for Mark to get in with all those bucks. He's he probably had a respectable killed. week here. Fuck yeah, man! Like his his numbers across the board would stack up with a lot of other teams. Yep. Mark did not have the high marks in any category. In fact, dinners, saves plus holds, six is tied with Jeff for the high mark of the week. Very fun. So Mark wouldn't have blown anyone away this week, but he would have hung in there. Surely would not have been 11-2. to two. I mean, eight home runs. There was half a dozen teams and more than that. Three stolen bases, not even close. 243, no. not close. 87 total bases, not close. So a lot of these categories, Mark would have got beaten in by a lot of other teams. But doesn't matter when you're playing old Tim Dinner. Mother no, of not. God. Mother of God. So, wow. And I need to peek at the schedule, see if I'm going to man, get some Mark, of what dinner's serving up. <laughs> he ain't serving up much anything. It's fucking dessert on a silver platter. Here you go. Um, wow, man. Mark. And Mark is... Still in the playoff hunt. Now, it doesn't help. Doesn't help that Spencer had a big week. If no. man, can you imagine if Spencer's and Cam's match went as planned and Cam got the big win? God, Mark would be right in there. But as it stands now, Mark's only going to gain one game on Spence, which is not what but he's he needs. still there. He's still there. He's more there than Bishop. So that's yeah. for, that's worth something. Bishop's gonna start winning and winning big. Yeah, well, we said that last week, but I think I think this week is enough to sink his ship. I think it's over. I think yeah, it's over we got what three, four weeks left. 
this is week 17. So, yeah, four weeks, weeks. I think. I think playoffs week 23. 22. 22, okay. So three more weeks after this before playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, quarterfinals week 22. So I'll say actually, that weeks. is four weeks. 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's still time, but there can be no more losses. A couple big wins will turn this around real quick. But, yeah, he needs to – both Spencer or both uh, Bishop and Mark would need to keep – Winning sizably because Spencer's going to have a what six seven game lead on him now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I've been uh, bouncing back and forth emotionally all season whether I want Bishop to make it because of the moves or Mark to make it because of the fucking fact that he sold. He got all these bucks, but I'm officially declaring on the weekly fantasy roundup. I'm putting my I'm putting my support behind devoid of consistency. I want to see that man in the playoffs. Make it happen. Let's go. You sure you don't want? Uh... Spencer to make it, considering no. that he wouldn't trade you Julio Rodriguez? I do not. <laughs> Spencer's not in the conversation. No. Okay. Uh, yes, so I'm putting my support behind Devoid of Consistency. I hope that he sneaks in there and makes the playoffs. I think he'll get killed by whoever he plays in round one, but God damn it, just make the playoffs, Mark. It'd be fucking be awesome to see. I will not declare a bias here. That's fair. I appreciate that you're staying unbiased while I am very biased. So clearly with the decisive blasting, Mark is going to improve to 99, 109 and 13 and old Timmy dinner. is going to fall down to 80, 131 and 10. And the final matchup to cover Ooh, this matchup was tied five to five when we started recording. No longer tied. This matchup I want to save because there are a lot of top scores in this matchup. The belts. Oh, there's versus, your there's your hundred total bases. Yes, there's a hundred. No, hundred twenty three. Okay, here's how much this is swayed. When I made my notes, okay, about the high marks of the week, it was. Uh, Home runs, 10, Ty, Gary, and Cameron. Now it's just Cameron with 11. Uh, 40 or 39 RBI, now it's 41. It was 118 total bases, now it's 123. It was 302, now it's 307. Holy shit. So was this 29 walks, not the high mark? Uh, yes, it was, yep. So, okay. But I'm just saying what they changed. So Cameron gotcha. officially led the league. He tied for the lead league with Buzz, ironically. That'd be for Buzz, 38 runs. No good. Uh, they're tied. They're tied, yeah. So Cameron's 38 runs, tied for best. Home runs, best at 11. RBIs, best at 41. Uh, walks, best at 29. Total bases, best at 123. Average best at 307. Have a fucking Jesus. week. And he said he left diggers on his bench this week. We were uh, we were just all playing on spent on uh, Cameron's court this week, hey. This was Cameron's world. We were living in it. Christian Walker bat four fifty eight this week. Dude's been like around two hundred or worse all season. Jesus, I didn't even know he was rostered. Yeah, Cameron's had him all year. I think he just likes some for the dingers, like those guys that just fucking hit dingers only. Like, yeah, it sucks that they platoon your fucking batting average, but. Just the fact that these guys can mash 
they're worth it. Like, I picked up Rowdy Telez in all places possible. Just the fact that Duke can just go out and fucking mash. So, How about a Rosarena three home runs this week? Right? No. Am I starting to feel like I'd rather have him than Acuna? Ugh. I mean, dude's on the field, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, a Rosarena shows up for work every day. Acuna doesn't. He does. Remember earlier in the season when you and the Belts made a trade and I said, nice job trading Taylor Ward because that dude's going to be pretty irrelevant pretty quick. What do you know? Mr. Fantasy Darling for the first two months of the season is down to 65% owned and plummeting, batting 260. Really? It was a fucking dumpster fire. That's too bad. He was a fucking monster in the beginning. Well, you were wise to trade him, Frank. You did very well. He did get two dingers this week. Ironically, only one was in the belt. Oh, no. Ooh, that's what he's talking about. Two Taylor Ward dingers on his bench. Whoops. Oh. Well, they weren't needed. No, they were not. He would have just had the high marks of the week by even more. So I knew this would be close, but this is a, a good win against a very good team. I mean, even if it's only six to four, like to, to show that you can take on a big dog like uh, the shitters. Yep. Well, not only that, I mean, he got a little unlucky in a couple regards. His 308 ERA would have been good against a lot of teams this week. Six quality certs, only go for a tie. Five saves yep. plus holds, only go for a tie. So a couple bad so beats. He, in he got a lot of the shitters. Like he didn't get a team that was having an off week or a down week or anything. No. Well, the shitters, like I said, 255 ERA. That was fucking right next to you. We're tops yep. in the fucking league. His 38 runs, nine home runs, 94 total bases. Like those all stack up with a lot of teams this week. 291. Yep. How about Buzz? Nine home runs, 29, 21 RBI. What the fuck is That's that? That's a little fucked up, eh? That's some fucking Tim Dinner shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> it is noteworthy. That buzzes 11 stolen bases. Shocker. High mark of the week. Shocker. Wow. Shocker. So, yeah, Buzz had a real good week pitching. 255, 108. Very solid. Let's have a look at this matchup, look at the performances. Uh, Ardolis, Adolis, rather, Garcia, 375. Home run this week. Starling Marte, pretty good. Uh, Tommy Edmond not doing a whole lot. Matt Chapman, ooh, Matt Chapman, a couple of dingers this week. Is he coming back? He's in the top 100 now in the rankings this season. Hmm. Not so bad. Paul Goldschmidt, a couple of dingers. Whoa, Jeff McNeil hit a dinger for the belts. That don't happen very often. I stand by the idea that the belts are going to be here and they're not going to be easy to deal with so getting through them is not going to be an easy out yeah those are the exact words i was going to say the belts will not be an easy out in the postseason and if i were a playoff team i would not want to see them in the first round knowing my fucking luck that's exactly where i'll fall (laughs) possible yeah it is possible so yeah good for a couple of sneaky good teams the belts are we finally as done these now, matchups now. Yes, we are. The belts as of now is going to edge us out. Um, is there any movement to be had? Quick scan, quick scan. No, 
nothing to change hands here. So this match will finish six to four. The belts will improve to 110, 94, and 13. And the shitters will fall to 107, 114. That is all for the matchups. Let's quickly have a look at next week, shall we, friend? We shall. Ooh, yourself against the bottom bitches. Will it be you, Mr. Joel Bryant, who sinks the battleship of the bottom bitches? I'm going to feel bad if it is, but also I'm probably not going to feel bad for too long. I'll get over it. I will. Yeah. But in the moment, I'll be like, damn, that sucks. Maybe get an uh, extra session with your counselor this week to help that uh, added dose of PTSD before you finally get over it. I don't oh. know if it'll be that bad. No, I'm not, not that no. bad. No. Not quite that bad. Maybe I'll just, you know, go get an ice cream or something and yeah. go on with my life. But I will acknowledge it in that. Yep. So you're going space. through the McDonald's drive through to get your flurry, you'll be like, ah. Pour one out for the bottom bitches. And they just turn on the fucking flurry machine. Right. Just pour it all over the floor. We'll crush an Oreo for my homie at the bottom bitches. <laughs> Give me a large one for me and a small one for my dead homie, the bottom bitches. But to um, stick with my method of predicting matchups here, I predict Bishop. I do not. I think this one's going to be you and... Now, it, it does have potential to be close. Bishop does have some pieces. This is going to be an interesting one because you guys made that big 4-for-4 uh, four four deal at the deadline. So I'm anxious yes. to see if that ends up coming into play here. So at least it's good that Gallon and Bassett don't have two start weeks this week. That was uh, last week or this week currently, I should say. So that's good. good. I think you're going to take this one, and I think I'm calling 9-4 to four for the Chiefs. Is this. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Cam gets the bounce back week he needs against all Timmy Dinner. Oh, Christ. 11 it's to 2. 13 nothing. 13 nothing stuff, but you never I think know. Fist is going right up old Timmy this week. <laughs> I know. He won't be tiny Tim Dinner for much longer. Timmy's going to get He's going to be up to the elbow. He's going to get a right hook in the rib cage from the inside. It's not going to feel good. <laughs> Is that a fist in my chest? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Belts is against the Berrios is. Ooh, the Belts coming off a very big week. Now, Jeff's got the bats to compete. Belts pitching was okay, too. This is a good matchup. This is a good matchup. Probably the matchup of the week. Could be the matchup of the week, yeah. I... Jeff's your guy, so I know you're going to go with Jeff. I'm going to go with the belts, just a little diversity. I'm calling seven to five for the belts. This is a tough one because I do really like both of these teams, actually. The way that they're put together, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. That being said, I think, yeah, I might give the edge to Jeff. That's fair. He's your guy. I think I think where they, they hit head on, Jeff's got a little more – reliability in his batting lineup. That's right. Like what what 
Mr. Blair did last week seems to be what Jeff does every week on a on a regular right. week, right? Yeah, that was a, that's a super bit of high edge. ceiling week for Cameron. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Good point. So I'll call it an eight five for the for the Honey Nut Barrios. Also, why the fuck does he still name his team after the worst goddamn player on his team? Jesus Christ. Can we just not respect the idea that he isn't changing it every fucking week? I mean, you can change at some point. Like, how high does Barrios ERA have to get for he's like, okay, I cannot name my team after the singing shipment work. Can you name yeah. it after Air Judge, like court is in session or all no, rise or something? Is fuck. That's also tacky as fuck. I mean, there's got to be something. Surely you've got elite talent everywhere. Name it after Pete Alonso. I don't fucking know, man. Don't name it after fucking Jose Barrios, man. Dude blows. Fuck. When he drops them to waivers, is he still going to have the same team name or what? Maybe that's the act. Maybe he's thinking that uh, his opponents will be coming into it with a lack of respect. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next matchup, we've got Devoid of Consistency against Cyburns. My guy against my new guy. Huh. I think this one will be closer as well. I think I got to take Nolan, though. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Mark. I'm giving it to Mark. I'm calling eight, eight to five for Mark. Yep. And listen, oh. I'm all on all aboard the Mark train. Choo choo. So the bias comes into play, right? Yes. Partiality yes. is out the fucking window. That's right. For the sake of saving the weekly roundup a bit of uh, credibility, I will pick Nola. Weekly roundup. Weekly fantasy roundup. Whatever. Just Don't whatever me. You're, you're a part shit. of this. Okay. That's why you got to go there. Uh, let's see. The Bugs is against the Shitters. This is uh, a good matchup, too. This is a good matchup. Collins' team was okay. This could this also be week. matchup of the week. Could be. I don't, I don't know. I think uh, I think the Shitters takes this, and I think it's not close. I, I'm calling 9-4 for Buzz. I'm with you on that, actually. I like Buzz's team, and I think Collins' team is riding an emotional low after the devastating Tatis news. Right. Don't know if, if that affects all, them on the virtual field. They're yeah. also rattled that they won't be able to put their minds in focus this week and deliver. Well, you for got. Colin. Yeah, not only that, maybe Colin so rattled he forgets to set his lineup one day, leaves a fucking complete game on it's his bench or something. So maybe he's like, "Fuck baseball, I hate it." I've been there. Yeah. So I'm giving it to the shitters nine to four. I'm going to endorse you on that nine four shitters is my call. All right, and last matchup to go over, myself versus the Glasses. Do I get a win? Bishop hopes so. Bishop hopes so, yep. I'll do my best. I'll set my lineup every day. Bishop's a big Andrew Skinner fan this week. Yes, he is. So, who do you think wins out of myself and Spencer? Spencer. Okay, any predictions? Nine to three. No, it's too bad. I'm going to keep picking myself for a win until I play Tim Dinner. That's fair. It's going to come eventually. Maybe this week. I'm calling seven to six for me. So that is it for the matchups for week 18. Let's address treads. Little wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. Last week 
trades. Seventh inning stretch. Bit of action leading up to Thursday's deadline. Not necessarily the action that I anticipated. A couple of teams I thought would make moves. Cam did nothing. Gary Nolan, one very small, mostly insignificant move. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the biggest, here's how the deadline went. The biggest trade of the deadline was me, who sold off all my shit fucking two months ago. What the fuck? Yeah. I had plenty of discussions. Like, there's definitely lots a lot of, trade of talk. Yep. That's right. lots and lots of trade talk. And I think I was close on a couple of things, but ultimately I couldn't find anything that made sense for my team. Yeah, that's fair. There was that's a, I think Nolan's focus may have been on a, a player on my team more than it oh. was anywhere else. He was okay. kind of honing in on uh, Luis Robert. You guys made a big trade not that long ago. Yeah, and he did make a very respectable offer for Robert, and it was, it was fair value for sure, but ultimately it didn't make sense for my team, so I couldn't do it without making another deal, and then I couldn't ma- make another deal. You know what I like? I like that you brought up respectable offers because you know what I did not receive this week? A respectable <laughs> offer from one fucking Mr. Glass Spencer. You want me to ask why I'm not picking Spencer to make the playoffs? Fucking okay. tell you why. All right. I'm Old here. Spencer. Old Spencer slides in my DMs earlier in the week and offers me Austin Thomas for Freddie Peralta. Isn't it Alex? Or, sorry. There you go. That's how much oh. I fucking know this guy. Okay. He goes, you like Alex Thomas? I said, no idea who that is. He said, I'll trade him for Peralta. I was like, what? He said, LOL, he was the top 10 prospect this year. I said, you want me to move a top 50 dynasty pitcher for a dude you picked up on fucking waivers a week ago? I said, hold on, I'll go grab Keston Hira and flip him straight up to you for Julio. Because, you know, he was a top five prospect like three years ago. I said, are you keeping Peralta? Made it sound like you're not keeping him. I said, I don't care if I'm about to stick him in a trash compactor. He's worth more than a dude you picked up on waivers seven days ago. Anyway, Spencer goes on with this fucking spiel about, oh, well, he shouldn't have been on waivers because he's a top 10, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, man, we're in a real savvy league. If this dude was some kind of fucking top tier prospect, he would be in someone's NA slot. Sorry, that's the fact. Anyway, we chatted a bit more. He asked about Peralta. He asked about dollars. He offered me 20. I said, no, thanks. We moved on. So then just three days after Spencer tried to fucking sell me all Alex Thomas or Freddie Peralta, I get the drop notice. Mr. Glass dropped Alex Thomas. And I said, how about that gift? He goes, yes, unfortunately, he's the only guy I could drop at this point to get Julio back in my lineup. I don't get it all the scene. Few rebuilding teams out there. And that guy was free to pick up. Quite insane to me. Here's a little tip for you. Pick him up. I was like, Spencer, he's 14% owned. Leave him on waivers. Who cares? Anyway, that's interesting. Unlike, unlike what Gary gave you for Robert, that was a disrespectful offer. And I laughed it off. 
But well, anyway. his offer for Robert would have included Woodruff and Trevor Story and a couple other pieces. Ooh. So, it, yeah, it was credible. I'll give him that. Wow. So you guys were chatting. So Gary fucking hauled anchor. And not only did he make yeah. one minor trade, but he talked bigger trades too. Wow. Yeah. I think he was a little late in the game because if that if that offer came in a, a day or two ahead of time and it was that serious, I could have flipped a couple of the pieces I wanted to kind of preserve my lineup. So I would have looked at it a lot harder than I – I would have probably taken it if it was a couple of days ahead of time. Yeah. Fun fact so. about Gary Nolan. You say it a little late to the game. Gary's yeah. made three trades a season, one on June the 10th, one on July the 10th, and one on August 11th. So three trades a season, all one month apart. Exactly. The fuck? Yeah, well, he missed his day on the last one. If he got it on August 10th, maybe there would have been room to make it work. And maybe that's on me. Maybe I didn't process it in time. Who knows? Well, he even said we'll uh, we'll commission process trades tomorrow. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So, in other words, was he talking? About, he was talking about us agreeing to a deal that couldn't be made. Oh tomorrow. no, no, that would. And be, I was no, like, no. I already messaged Skinner about that, and he basically laughed at me and told me. And to I do. Off. I'll circle back to that because I want to have that discussion with you. But let's go over the trades that did in fact happen. So the one minor trade that Gary made was with devoid of consistency. Merck, he purchased the rights to one Michael Kopik uh, for a guy that Merck just instantly pitched to waivers. And I think Merck was able to get how many dollars? 10 draft bucks. So pretty insignificant. Michael Kopik has been okay. I thought maybe from Merck's perspective might've been worth a little more than 10 yep. bucks, but whatever it worked for Merck worked for Gary. So, not much of a deal, but a solid, fairly consistent addition to Gary's pitching. So right. that's all Gary managed to get done. Uh, let's see. Then Mr. Dinner, old Timmy Dinner, sold Merrill Kelly. Shout out to Tim Dinner. I always love seeing a waiver ad get sold for dollars. That's my favorite thing in this pool. I do it all the time. So shout out Merrill Kelly. Fucking waiver pickup in like fucking July. Boom. Sells them for the old dollary news. Managed to get 20 draft dollars at a spence for Merrill Kelly. Quite, Im- quite impressive return. Right? Well, if, if Mark's only getting $10 from Michael Kopech and Dinner's getting $20 from Merrill Kelly, got to think there was more dollars to be had for Mark. So, Could interesting. Have been. Yep. And again, that now again, it is what it is with Merrill Kelly, but say we will. Spencer had his best pitching week of the whole season this past week, so maybe that was the piece he needed. And Merrill Kelly, you know, waivers or otherwise has some pretty good 10 wins, very impressive 295 ERA, very good. He's yeah. been quite consistent, yeah, pretty You're paying consistent. for that consistency there. So that's very consistent on a fucking shit storm of a team with zero run support. Yep. So not a bad ad, not enough to move the needle for Spence, but a piece nonetheless. Yep. Uh, and then finally, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. The only other trade, which kind of took me by surprise, I posted in the group chat on deadline day. I was like, hey, guys, the only keepers I'm married to are Mullins and Witt, willing to move Eloy and Peralta. Here's what I want for him. Dinner slides right in the DMs. He goes, 50 bucks, and I'll take them both. I'm like, Whoa, aren't you selling? He goes, yeah, but I want to lock down those keepers. 
I said, well, ironically, I want to lock that in them dollars. And I said, fuck it, let's go. And sold Eloy and Freddie Peralta for another 50 fucking draft dollars. I was very yeah. surprised on the return on that one. I'll, I'll admit it. Yeah, well, Eloy. I didn't think you'd get more than 25 for both of them, to be honest. You mentioned earlier that you thought Eloy was a bit of Band-Aid. And I yeah. came back and said that, look, when the dude's helping <coughs> He's producing and he's only 26. So there's room to kind of maybe figure things out how to stay on the field. I don't know, but I think the more hurt he gets, the more he gets squeezed down that lineup when he is healthy. Yeah. Cause you got to line up with a brave and Robert and Tim Anderson, and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple other respect. A lot of protection, a lot of protection in that lineup. Yeah. So, but the I, big surprising part for me is actually Peralta. Maybe that's a de- desperation with the, the pitching market. I don't know. But, and I maybe I'm alone odd. in that opinion. I think Peralta's pretty overrated. Yeah, I I like him, but I don't think he's had a chance. I think Peralta can be a needle mover. I'm surprised that there wasn't a team that made a more serious push for him that's in the playoff picture. I know that his numbers this season have not been great, but if that dude fucking gets healthy and settles in a groove, man, he's going to be a fucking league winner down the stretch. Dude I see a guy that's only ever had one respectable season. And the, the rest of it, he's been, you know, reliably around a 4.7 ERA, something in that range. So if I were to have to pick which which version of Peralta you're going to get long term, I would think it's the one that's shown up 85, 90 percent of his career. Not the 2.87 guy that was here for fucking half a season. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. And there's a lot of injury factored in there with him, too. I mean, Peralta in 2020, his ERA was 399. Pretty good. He only pitched 29 innings, but he had 47 Ks in 29 innings. He must have been in the bullpen then because he had three saves plus holds. Uh, But they transitioned him to full-time starter in 2021, and he was fucking lights out, man. So I think he can get back to that. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned earlier, dollars basically – Trump everything for me, minus Bobby Witt Jr. There was no amount of money that I could have gave him up for. The thing with Peralta and Yemenis for me is you, you you spent $25 to acquire them, and then you're going to pay, I assume, to be the minimum for both. Uh, no, Peralta's got two years left, uh, 30, 45. Uh, so, Yemenis got two years left, 45, 67. So you paid $55 for Peralta. That's your investment there. And $45 for Jimenez. Are either of those guys going to be drafted for anything close to that next year? I think think probably not. Well, it depends on Jimenez how he finishes down the stretch. If Jimenez stays healthy and produces, he's been producing at a top clip since he's been healthy. If he stays healthy all year, I think he could command a pretty decent dollar at the draft. Peralta might be a bit hit or miss. I'm but, pretty uh, sure I drafted a Rosarena in that $45 range, didn't I? Or was he up words of 60? I feel like you've seen a lot of 63, comparable. 63. I think you've seen a, there's a lot of comparable outfielders at the draft that go for around 45 bucks that are actually reliably good. Not Jimenez, is he going to be hurt? Is he going to be good? Eloy, in the last month since he's come back, uh, ranked 131. Nine runs, four home runs, 10 RBI, four walk, 43 total bases, and batting 377 in the last month since he's come back. So, If Peralta was drafted for anything over $30 next year, I'd be blown away. 
Yeah. Well, fifty-five dollars. Listen, man, I'm just taking those bucks and running with it. So well, at no the doubt. end of the day, uh, Eloy and Peralta were locked in as my third and fourth keepers. But I said, "Fuck it, man! I'll." Well, this is when I picked up Tyler Glass now, right? My old sneaky Joel keeper pickup. So I'd lock him in for 20 if he comes back healthy. And then, fuck, I can justify keeping Brady Singer if he keeps going with this clip. But I'll have, as my team stands right now, I'll have Bobby Witt Jr., 30 bucks, two years left. Seti Mullins, like 30 bucks, I think, as well, two years left. And then Brady Singer and Tyler Glass now with the minimum. Maybe Riley Green, depends what kind of mood I'm in, but I got options. And I got a whole fuckload of dollars. I have plus $280 heading into the draft. Well, I haven't been keeping records on this, but I think that might be the most ever. It'll be interesting to see how the draft goes with a stack like that at the table. Yep. Because I feel like I envision this scenario where there's every time you bid aggressively on a player, everybody just dips out immediately. Those old money bags is going to crush it no matter what. So no matter what. So at that point, does it become tough to spend your money? The only problem is that it's me, right? Let's say, for example, if somebody neutral in the league, like Buzz had all these dollars, I think you can make a case for that. But when someone sees me coming in because it's me and I chirp everyone on the commission, when they see me bid, 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 bid on a guy, someone's going to try to bid me up just because it's me. I can confirm that you're correct in that analogy because I'm one (laughs) of them. This is going to be you. I 100% guarantee I'll fucking bid up every player you even look at. But how many people are going to end up getting stuck with guys they don't necessarily want just because they want to drive me up on prices? Me. I will. Me. I will be one of them. (laughs) So it's noteworthy uh, that the dollar balance is heading into next year. Myself, plus 280. Tim Dinner, plus 165. Mark, plus 135. Everyone else was a seller. Gary minus 10, Cameron minus 25, Cam minus 25, Spencer minus 45, Colin minus 75, and then yourself, Jeff, Buzz, and Bishop. All minus. So that would make us buyers, not sellers. I'm sorry. I'm saying. I actually, I actually hesitated when I said Bishop minus 100 because God, that hurts to say. (laughs) Bishop was like plus 150 at one point or something like that, wasn't he? Yeah, and then just decided he was back in. Yikes. Bishop gonna Bishop. That should be the fucking slogan for the league. Bishop gonna Bishop. Welcome to seventh inning stretch where Bishop Bishops. No, no. Not seventh inning stretch. Welcome to fantasy sports where Bishop (laughs) Bishops. (laughs) Bishop fucking makes the most mutated traits. I mean, last year, dude, Travis Kelsey, he slid into my DMs and said, I want your kicker and 10 minutes later, I Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's he's the rounding kicker guy too, right? Right? Fuck me. So Bishop <laughs> gonna Bishop. God Bishop's it. fun. Bishop like is Bishop. a good dude, yeah. Bishop's great for fantasy sports. I'm glad I got him on all my leagues. So that is all for trade talk. R.I.P. Wheeling dealing. We'll see you again in football season, which is just around the corner. 27 days till football. Let's go. Sorry, I'm excited. I'm not. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, time for the segment. Three up and three down. Three up, three down.
my random player who had a great week that helped no one. Wait, won. stop. Emmanuel Rivera. Stop, stop. Third did, baseman. Did Mark not say that they had to be – there was something he said that they – Yeah, we brought it up in the group chat. I don't give a fuck. This is how okay. I interpreted the name redacted email, and this okay. is what we're going with. So, Emmanuel – So, even though name redacted cleared it up, you're still going to go with your own incorrect interpretation hey. of it. Hey, Mark was speaking on behalf of name redacted in the group chat. So Okay. Anyway, Emmanuel Rivera, third baseman for Arizona, 3% owned. He went 8 for 18, a cool 444, six runs, four home runs, six RBI, two walks, 22 total bases. At 3% owned, he helped absolutely no one. Well, you left me the layup, hey? I thought he was the layup. How did you go over Joey Menaces? Uh, he just went from zero. He's 12% owned, plus 12% in the last week. Fourth-ranked player of the week, he went nine for 16, four home runs, six runs, six RBI. 21 total bases, hit 563. I see that. I, well, whatever. Fuck it. Have it. <laughs> I sorted by all available players. I did not sort by all players. Oh, so that was definitely your mistake. That's all right. Okay. Not a big deal. Uh, I don't mind giving you layups, but I tell you where you're not going to get a layup on the negative taco because I know that you're going to want my guy, Christian Yelich for the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, let's play a little game of Jeopardy, friends. This is the amount of hits that Christian Yelich had this week. This is where you answer the former question. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a. Were you looking for something for me there? Yeah, this is sports. This is Major League Baseball for 400. And the category, or the question is, or the answer is, I should say, this is how many hits Christian Yelich had this week in fantasy baseball. What is zero? Yeah, way to go. You won oh. Jeopardy. Zero hits this week. Not one. Wow. Zero for 18. Zero for 18. Three Ooh. walks. That is it. No runs, no home runs, no fucking RBI, no total bases, nothing. Zero. Fucking zeros everywhere. Unbelievable, man. That's the worst week for a high-profile player we've had all year. Zero hits. And who was this? Christian Yelich. Okay, Yelich. Now, unless he performed today, but I don't think so. I checked the matchup, and I'm pretty sure I saw... 0 for 18, unless I can't read, which is possible. Am I right? Are you wanting me to go? I am wanting you to go. Because I'm still looking for someone. Fair. Okay. I, I'm trying to take Mark's advice and uh, sort the list that way and just scroll until you find somebody. I'm on literally on like the 17th page on my phone, and it's I still am not deep enough to. If, see, Mark doesn't host or co-host podcasts. He doesn't know the pain. That we he doesn't know the struggles. No, the best oh. way to do it is go through matchups. Just find dude who fucking took a shit. Well, week. interestingly enough, I just went back to my own team. Look what I found. Raphael Devers, three for 25. <laughs> Did hit a home run. Good for him. Seven back total bases, to two walks. Hit 120. Yep. My team's just 
the cup that runneth over. The cup that runneth over. On picking underperforming bats. Ooh, speaking of cups running over, how about the Chiefs' cup? We said we were going to come back to your matchup all the way up to eight to four for you, friend. Raphael Devers. Yeah. Raphael Devers. Ask and ye shall receive. Take him off your negative taco list. I, I will. You just called him there as a negative taco and he hit a digger. What a, okay, let's try what something else. <laughs> My negative taco for the week. It's none other than J.D. Martinez. Five for 21. Five total bases at 238. Did it have four RBI. That's great. Yes. yes. Fuck. You're like, okay, I'll put the reverse curse on JD. That's wow. right. So you've now pulled ahead on home runs nine, and you've managed to tie up total bases. You're down by seven total bases. I was tied. Your average was tied around 244, 243, and the matchup started. You're all the way up 252. Jeff's down 238. This is just the build-up before Aaron Judge hits two dingers, one of which is a walk-off. Well, he's he's over three in the six, probably only one more at bat. It's a shame. That is a shame. Tommy Pham is three for three, though. Ooh, on Jeff's bench. Ah. Oops. Ouch. Three for three. Very, with, very much ouchy. Three for three with two runs scored, four total bases. Oops. But hey, yeah, he one. did start some guy named El Huris Montero. Anyway, let's see if your reverse curse works on JD. Maybe he gets you a hit, takes total bags, gets you up to nine to four. Time will tell. So congrats on your week getting a little better, friend. Very nice. I'll Anxious to see where the standings shake up. Will this be enough to move you up in the standings? I'm not sure. It could because uh, I'm a half game behind Colin for third. That is the one drawback to recording on Sunday. I would like to have like an accurate representation of standings, but say the V. All right. Well, another wonderful recording of the weekly fantasy roundup. As always, thanks for thanks for calling some this with me, friend. You're the best. Pleasure's all mine. On that note, I'll talk to you the same time next week. Okay. Bye bye. Best of luck in your matchup this week, friend. You too. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. You can contact us anytime via email at theweeklyfantasyroundup at gmail.com.